Hello and welcome to the South Carolina Lead. I'm your host, Gavin Jackson, and this episode was recorded on August 29th, 2022 from South Carolina Public Radio Studios here in Columbia. Just so you know, some of the information in this podcast may have changed by the time you've heard it. This episode features a preview of the abortion debate in the House this week during its special session. And Senator Lindsey Graham predicts there will be riots if former President Donald Trump is prosecuted. In business, we look at one South Carolina company that is reshoring a handy part of the medical supply industry. It's a pun. And in medical, we have the latest for you on the state's response to monkeypox and much more. Also, we want to hear your stories. That's why we have a voicemail box set up at 803-563-7169. We love hearing from you guys. I'm told that we have some in the hopper. We talk about folder colors. We talk about any number of mundane things. We want to hear from you. It can literally be anything, folks. Just don't try and campaign in the voicemail box. We won't play those voicemails. (laughs) But we'd love to hear from you guys. 803-563-7169. Throw us a curveball for listening. (laughs) I bet you won't. (laughs) Now for the latest in South Carolina. Currently, the spread of COVID-19 is medium according to county-level data from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. We'll have more details on COVID from DHEC in Saturday's pod. This week, House lawmakers returned to Columbia for a special session to take up the restrictive abortion ban bill, H-5399, which will outlaw all abortions in the state except for if the life of the mother is in danger. The most recent abortion law on the books, the six-week abortion ban, is temporarily on hold after it went into effect days after the U.S. Supreme Court decision on Dobbs v. Jackson Women's Health Organization that upended nearly 50 years of abortion access in the nation. The state Supreme Court has temporarily blocked the so-called heartbeat bill, which was also temporarily blocked while was going through the Fourth Circuit Court of Appeals since it became law early last year. But it briefly went into effect this summer after the court dismissed it following the Dobbs ruling. So again, currently women in South Carolina can have abortions up to 20 weeks, a procedure that more than 6,200 women had in 2021, according to DHEC. However, H-5399 will ban all abortions, except for the life of the mother, this as the bill is currently written. Now, a list of several conditions, including ectopic pregnancies, are included in that exception as it's written. So what to watch for? The debate on Tuesday and Wednesday will center around exceptions to a full abortion ban, such as rape and incest. We expect the most relevant and important amendments of the 4,000 or so filed to be discussed early in the debate. But that doesn't mean that the debate will end. The House is made up of 80 Republicans and 43 Democrats, with one vacancy right now. House watchers say there are about 20 hardline Republican votes that won't budge on exceptions. Now, will other Republicans try and save face by joining that contingent and voting against exceptions, knowing that a Senate bill will most certainly have them and they'll vote for them anyway? Will they vote the way their constituents want them to, especially those that narrowly won in their primaries in June? Will Democrats sit back and watch the Republican fight? Add fuel to it, drag it out, work on compromises, all the above. Whew, so much to watch for on Tuesday and Wednesday, and we'll be doing it for you, including new House Speaker Merle Smith and how he not only handles his fellow Republicans, steers the debate, and rules on whether thousands of proposed amendments are germane to the bill, but this will serve as his first big test, his first big debate. 
He's told us he'll be an honest broker and tell folks like it is. Will this be his Confederate flag debate moment? Hard to say. It's definitely an extremely emotional subject, as we've seen in House testimony and tense moments among lawmakers on the Judiciary Committee. We're talking Republicans on Republicans, some who chose not even to vote to send the bill out of committee. But unlike the Confederate flag, which came off of Statehouse grounds a few short weeks after the horrific Mother Emanuel Amy Church massacre, leadership has had time to prepare for this, and the legislative circumstances are much different as well. Back in 2015, the Senate wanted the House to go along with its bill to take the Confederate flag off Statehouse grounds without adding any amendments that would have sent the bill back to the Senate and spiraled the debate further. That meant really keeping members in line in the House. The abortion debate? It's going to be a bit more wide open, and we'll break it down for you on Saturday after all the dust settles. Moving on, Senator Lindsey Graham was on former South Carolina Congressman Trey Gowdy's Fox News show, Sunday Night in America, where he said there will be riots if former President Donald Trump is prosecuted for mishandling classified documents that belong to the federal government and which have been repeatedly requested before FBI agents seized 15 boxes of documents, 14 of which contain classified information. Here's Senator Graham. Most Republicans, including me, believes when it comes to Trump, uh, there is no law. It's all about getting him. There's a double standard when it comes to Trump. What happened with Hunter Biden is that the FBI weighed in to make sure a story didn't break for the 2020 election. We now have whistleblowers at the FBI telling Senator Grassley that they were told to slow down and back off Hunter Biden. And I'll say this. If there's a prosecution of Donald Trump for mishandling classified information after the Clinton debacle, which you presided over and did a hell of a good job, there'll be riots in the streets. Gowdy asked no follow-up to that response, which Graham reiterated at the end of the show. And if they try to prosecute President Trump for mishandling classified information after Hillary Clinton set up a server in her basement, they literally will be riots in the street. I worry about our country. Now, the AP reports that the FBI affidavit said officials found 184 documents bearing classification markings, including some suggesting they contained information from highly sensitive human sources. Several had what appeared to be Trump's handwritten notes, the affidavit says. The FBI has spent months investigating how the documents made their way from the White House to Mar-a-Lago and whether any other classified records might exist at the property. The Bureau also has tried to identify the person or people who, quote, may have removed or retained classified information without authorization and or in an unauthorized space, the affidavit states. Now, I know that one way to avoid being prosecuted and to avoid causing another riot is by not removing sensitive classified material that belongs to the United States government, specifically the National Archives at this point. But that's just me. Since the archives had not received the missing documents, the agency referred the matter of missing government property to the Department of Justice, where the FBI lives. A warrant was then issued, and well, here we are. Of course, that's again just part of this ongoing investigation. A lot of that affidavit we know was redacted. Now, back to Graham. He mentioned Clinton's private email server, which the FBI in 2016 said involved no criminal action. A Department of Justice Inspector General report supported that conclusion. Former CIA director and retired General David Petraeus knows what it's like to deal with classified information because he pled guilty back in 2015 to one count of unauthorized removal and retention of classified material that he gave to his mistress. His plea deal was two years probation and a $40,000 fine. 
Now, in 2018, President Donald Trump signed a law that stiffened the penalty for the unauthorized removal and retention of classified documents from one year to five years and turned it into a felony offense. So even if you think he has unilateral power to declassify such sensitive information, leaving it laying around Mar-a-Lago is still not a secure enough location for it to be. Okay, we got a trigger warning for you guys. I'm going to talk about the year 2020. 2020. I know. I know. You're going to say, Gavin, stop with this regression therapy. Everyone hated 2020. 2020. And you're not a licensed psychiatrist on land. (laughs) Maritime law, folks. But now, back in the early days of the pandemic, you'll recall, especially if you're a medical professional, you'll remember just how scant the availability of personal protective equipment was from gowns to gloves to masks and more. I'm talking attempts to sterilize and reuse masks and officials scouring the globe for such items and bidding against other states for it. Difficult times that exposed major holes in our limited national stockpile, our non-existent state PPE stockpile, which has since been created, and of course our dependence on a globalized supply chain for medical supplies that at the time was at a standstill as economies worldwide shut down or slowed drastically. Not great for PPE, but we saw stateside manufacturers pivot to onshoring some of those goods, like disposable gowns, for example, that the manufacturer, Johns Manville, started producing at its non-woven fabric facility in Spartanburg. The Millican Manufacturing Facility in Pendleton also pivoted to producing 3 million medical gowns in the spring of 2020. You remember Senator Graham introduced legislation incentivizing a reshoring of critical items in the medical supply chain and lessening our reliance on adversarial countries like China for such needs. At the time, Graham said, when you talk about bringing back the medical supply chain to the United States, when it comes to gowns and masks and gloves, South Carolina will benefit the most. Well, another South Carolina business, Nephron Pharmaceuticals, heeded that call back then and continues to build upon it. Last July, the West Columbia company announced Nephron Nitrile, including a 400,000-square-foot space that represents more than a $100 million investment to produce nitrile medical gloves in the country. The plant will not only create at least 250 jobs, it will strengthen the supply of one critical PPE item when the plant comes online. On Monday, Governor Henry McMaster, along with Lou Kennedy, CEO of Nephron, and others were on hand for the arrival of the first equipment, including manufacturing lines, for the facility that is nearing completion. It was a milestone day for the company, which develops and produces generic inhalation solutions and suspension products. The company also operates a 503B outsourcing facility division, which produces pre-filled sterile syringes, Lorlog vials, IV bottles, and IV bags for hospitals. So high five there with two gloved hands. Now I'm not letting you get out of here without talking about gas prices, folks. And they're flat. They're still flat. 345 a gallon. That's the average according to AAA for a gallon of gas in the state. I can't do anything there. But look ahead. This week, we got consumer confidence data coming out on Tuesday. Data! And new nationwide unemployment data on Thursday. Data! Big data heading into our Labor Day weekend.
Have you ordered your maximum number of free COVID tests from the federal government that are delivered right to your door for free from the USPS? Did I say free again? Well, you better hurry up because you have until Friday, this Friday, September 2nd, to do so since Congress hasn't spent additional money on these tests. You're going to say, Gavin, how do I get these? COVID.gov slash tests. That's how you get these tests for free, for free. <laughs> They're free tests. <laughs> pull, pull over right now. Get out of the shower. Stop brushing your teeth. Dial up covid.gov slash tests. Winter is coming, folks. <laughs> Not a Game of Thrones reference. We can't afford that. Moving on, DHEC announced Friday that it will be expanding eligibility for those able to receive the monkeypox or mpox vaccine, Genios, as well as how the vaccine will be administered. The new method will expand the limited supply of doses that the state has by as much as fivefold by using a new method authorized by the FDA and CDC. Instead of giving a subcutaneous shot, which goes into the fat layer farther below the skin, DHEC public health officials will give intradermal shots just under the first layer of skin. The announcement on Friday came as the state topped 100 MPOX cases. DHEC Director of Public Health Dr. Brandon Traxler discussed this and the expansion of those eligible for the two-dose vaccine. We are accepting appointments um, for vaccination at selected clinics at our health departments across the state, and that's via the care line. And so the eligibility criteria now are men who have sex with men, MSM, including gay or bisexual men, transgender or gender nonconforming individuals who have had either a sexually transmitted infection in the last 90 days or multiple sexual partners in the last 90 days or any person uh, receiving HIV prep or pre-exposure prophylaxis treatment. Uh, please note that the vaccine is still not recommended for the general population and really only for the groups I've just mentioned, as well as for close contacts who identified um, of those who have tested positive for the disease. DHEC is gonna begin using the intradermal method this week rather than the subcutaneous method of vaccination. And this change will increase the amount of vaccine available while not compromising on effectiveness. Uh, the intradermal shot is given just under the first layer of skin, and that's uh, as opposed to uh, in the fat layer farther down under the skin that the subcutaneous shots go into. And according to the FDA and CDC, um, changing to this method can result in up to five times the number of doses available per vial and offers the same level of protection to the recipient. While the change does increase the number of some 3,000 doses the state has, it's still not enough to cover the entire at-risk population in the state, this according to Dr. Traxler. So it would not cover if every individual who was at risk who might identify in one of these subgroups, one of these subpopulations, um, did uh, reach out for vaccination. Uh, and so we are looking at, you know, this is one step, certainly, for changing our eligibility criteria um, to make it a little bit broader. Um, we're certainly keeping an eye on the data, and especially this week as we change to this method and have more doses, as to whether we need to broaden it out. But again, not wanting the focus to go away from that highest risk population. Um, we would not have enough doses if every member of the high risk population in the state, though, sought vaccination at this point in time. Residents can call the DHEC care line at 1-855-472-3432 between 8 a.m. and 6 p.m. Monday through Friday to find out if they are eligible to schedule an appointment. Now again, MPOX is not easily transmitted from person to person. 
It can be spread through prolonged face-to-face -face contact, skin-to-skin -skin contact, including direct contact with infectious sores, scabs, or bodily fluids, as well as during intimate contact such as sex, kissing, hugging, and touching fabrics and objects used by a person with MPOX. But again, unlike COVID, it is not a threat to the general population, Dr. Traxler said. At this time, MPOX is not circulating widely among the general population, and that will remain the case as long as residents in our state practice safety protocols. That includes getting vaccinated if you are high risk, refraining from intimate contact with a person who has tested positive, refraining from having multiple sexual partners in a two-week time frame, and reaching out to your healthcare provider or to a DHEC health department if you believe you have been infected with MPOX. Currently, only 16 clinics around the state are offering the vaccine on an appointment-only basis. Dr. Traxler said plans are in the works right now to expand to other clinics, such as those that serve at-risk populations and offer services like STI and HIV testing and pre-exposure prophylaxis or PrEP treatments. Eligibility may also expand soon as well. So DHEC is still working to address this slow-growing problem in the state. A lot to watch there. And here's a tale of the 2022 trifecta of misery. We were talking about 2020 a minute ago. Let's talk about some 2022 misery. The Journal of Infection reported last week that a 36-year-old Italian man was hospitalized and diagnosed with COVID-19, MPOX, and HIV over the course of a single week in July. The authors of the paper said this is the first documented case of co-infection with MPOX, COVID, and HIV. The man was in the high-risk group of exposure, which is primarily men who have sex with other men. I'm going to use this as an example to tout safe sex, getting regularly tested for sexually transmitted infections, especially since you can find free testing sites on scdhack.gov. And you can even order at-home free HIV testing kits. Same website. Also, if you go to a provider, you can get tested for other STIs, and you can get pre-exposure prophylaxis, or PrEP, which is a once-daily pill or injectable that can be taken to greatly reduce your chances of getting HIV if taken as prescribed. Again, we mentioned this a moment ago, but you can call the DHEC care line to schedule an MPOX vaccination at 1-855-472-3432. Like we said, there are more than 3,000 doses available, and those will soon be multiplied since we're expanding dosing in the state. Now, while that study didn't list the man's vaccination status, you can also find plenty of locations for a COVID-19 shot and booster on scdhec.gov. Again, this website is a significant resource in helping you know your status and keeping you healthy. Welcome to the wind down section, our little break from the news. We're talking about life during the pandemic, and we want to hear your stories as well. Labor Day weekend is coming. Kids are back at school. Vacations are dwindling. Oh, God, Gavin hates. <laughs> Summer's over. I'm getting serious. He hates when the vacations are ending. He can feel each Gearing one Gearing up for the post-Labor Day life. Oh, uh, God. Labor, but, <laughs> not vacation. Oh! Let us know what you're doing. 803-563-7169. I got some stories from you, and we have some voicemails. Yeah, we got some voicemail. Okay, we're going to do a double dip here, Gavin, oh. if that's okay with you, sir. Yeah, if the, if the postage is correct, we can go into the mailbox. <laughs> they and... have all their marks and dashes and dits and dots. Okay. So uh, this looks right. It's 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 one 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 caller calling in twice. Oh, okay. Okay. It's quite a combination. Not recommended, but we'll still accept it. It's dangerous. So I'm glad mm -hmm. uh, the caller survived here. Okay, mm -hmm. so are you ready, Gavin? Mm -hmm. Sir? Yes, sir. 
I need a yes. I need. I need <laughs> are you able to lift fifty pounds? Okay. And will you help in the event of emergency? Yeah. Yes. Okay. Good. Here we go. <laughs> hey, Gavin. At this is Kevin from Lexington. Currently on amateur, unofficial, remote assignment for the lead. Currently in Hershey, Pennsylvania. We drove up, stayed in West Virginia of all places, then drove through Western Maryland and into Central Pennsylvania. Went to. Hershey's Chocolate World yesterday, Hershey's Theme Park today, had some Hershey-themed Chinese food, Um, never want to see another chocolate bar again, we've had a good experience so far, lots of amusement parks, no Wawa's yet, haven't sighted one, even in Maryland, but tomorrow we take the plunge and go into New Jersey. So far, so good, the good news is it's just as hot up here as it is back home, and apparently a lot of homes still don't have central AC. So note to self. All right. Y'all be good. Have a good one. Kevin on assignment in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Mm. Chocolate mm. chocolate country. That's damn nice chocolate country. <laughs> I, I never I never got to go to Hershey. I never wanted to go, really. I did. I didn't. I, I had grand care. illusions that it was like Willy Wonka up there. <laughs> and that's not the case is my understanding. I don't know. I mean... Kevin, uh, Correspondent Kevin. I'm going to call you Correspondent oh, Kevin from here on out. Is born. Uh, the chocolate-themed Chinese food Sounds scares incredible. me. That scares me. You'd that, do it, though. I don't know if I would. Oh, come on. I don't think that I would. I'd order it. You'd have That's, a little bite. That scares me. I also like the way that you, uh, the ominous pause before oh, entering New Jersey. Taking the plunge, <laughs> as he said. I agree. It was so appropriate how he phrased it. Rude, honestly, and I take offense. Uh, but the Wawa's, you got to find a Wawa. Please, I hope you found a Wawa, Kevin. Yeah. Call in and let us know what you got, first of all, because that is a determining factor. Mm-hmm. And better be two, how much you loved it. Yeah. I mean, I when I when I drive up, sometimes I make the mistake where I get off because I'm like, okay, finally need to go to Sheets or Wawa. We're not Wawa. debating either. Wawa. Wawa. But I get off and I'm like, oh, where is it? And it's like a two-mile diversion to oh, downtown. God. There's nothing worse and than like, when you're like, oh, there's one on this exit <laughs> yeah. two and a half miles away. And Absolutely. I'm already up. I'm like, I- I- I'll do it at that point. I don't commit. I get on. I go sometimes right back I on. Sometimes I do. I go right back on. Depends on the gas. Well, anyway, Gavin. Let us know this, what you do. This was not Kevin's only call because he called in. Oh, not much later. Oh, so he wasn't in Jersey yet. Two minutes later to issue a retraction to something. Oh. So are you ready for this, sir? (laughs) Yes. Okay, here we go. Hey, this is Kevin from Lexington again on remote assignment in Pennsylvania. Uh, I take back what I said about the Hershey bar um, or chocolate bars in general because I just found a birthday cake flavored Hershey's bar next to my half pound Reese's cup. So I'll go ahead and finish that now. Oh, my God. I want everything that he just said. <laughs> oh, excuse me. I just found this bar, this bar hiding over here. Never mind about not eating that anymore. I'm going to eat it right now, two minutes later. Um, I left my AirPods back home in Maryland when I was up visiting family at the end of July. And my brother never sent them back, never sent them back. I was wearing corded headphones to the gym. I was feeling inferior. Mm-hmm. Even though I shouldn't worry about that, it doesn't matter. But after you You're better AirPods, than your headphones, Gavin. I tried. I was a lot of, you know, deep places that I went. But I say this all because my sister-in-law finally sent it to me from her, like, work FedEx account, which I really appreciate using work resources for such important things. Mm-hmm. And she also included a box of, um, like, some sort of candy from Christmas. It's like the peppermint bark. Mm. Have you ever had pepper, peppermint bark? It's no. chocolate, white chocolate on top, milk I've chocolate on the bottom, and then like some 
crushed up candy cane on top. Oh, it was. I couldn't stop eating. I had to. I had to get it out of my house because there was so much of it. I was like, <laughs> it was like probably a pound and a half, maybe two pounds. You of just it. threw I'm it like, out the window. No. Threw it right out the window. <laughs> you know, me and my sweet dude. You'll just eat it all in one sitting. You'll eat it all. Well, I, I would. I do want to say I take one. I take one umbrage mm. with this call. Okay, I mm. love that you called in twice. Love that, but he did say his half pound Reese's cup. Yes, and the it correct is, pronunciation. It has to be. A rhyme with the word pieces. No, it because. doesn't. It's Reese's pieces. They make it a is, new word. <laughs> it is Reese's pieces. Reese's anyway, piece. Gavin, Ugh. in the spirit of Kevin calling in to to say that he's not he's he's back on some food. Mm-hmm. Okay, you have pivoted a lifestyle here, <laughs> and you have news to share. Made a right? lifestyle change. Yes, let's hear about it. It's a complex carb journey that I want to mm. take you on. Yes. Um. <clears throat> so recently. I enjoy baguettes. I love Who butter. I love yes. olive oil. Who doesn't? Love You're olives. just naming great things. And, you know, you love having that. You love just butter and olive oil. And the best way to have it is, of course, with bread. Yes. And instead of going to the grocery store and buying bread for $3 a, a loaf or whatever, yes. I discovered flour. <laughs> Gavin, of all things you can describe him as, he's a real spendthrift, okay? <laughs> so I'm like, I could just bake my own loaf of bread. Buying bread's like flushing money down the toilet. to catch a bread. <laughs> he eats for a lifetime. So I'm on this kick now. I know everyone's going to call me like, Gavin, bread was so 2020 lockdown. Nah, no, no, no. Sourdough no. starter, blah, blah, blah. No, no, no. If you know anything about me, I reject the trend and then I embrace it. Two years later. Two years later. Yeah. And then try and get that... that Slingshot. <laughs> so I'm on this bread kick. I'm making dough. I'm trying different flours. Yes, I'm just yes. leaning into it because I'm, I'm all about it. I want, the, I want to have bread with my butter and so I can just keep eating. So, so I've, been, I've been, I've made about four loaves to date so far. I got to say, flowers. he's shown me all the loaves, I think. And the first ones, they, they were, were there. They were a little sad looking. Bad these flour. These new ones. Didn't have the good yeast. Gavin's getting some good results here. You know, you get the steam going in there, you get that crunchy, crunchy crust. Crunchy crust, yes. And I had a loaf this weekend and I took it out and I had a piece and I was like, this is like store bought. I've reached that level where I'm just as good, if not better, than the store bought. Yeah, which is, I mean, that's a low bar and I would say you've done much better than that. Well, like, thank you. It's that's much, high praise. It, it truly is better than that. And I mean, he delivered me a buttered slice today, yes. which I got to say was great. But he also made a happy accident as far as I'm concerned. Because I took one bite and I go, <laughs> I love how salty this bread is. <laughs> it's very good. Well, you know, still getting my way around the kitchen. I have all the necessary measurements and tools. And mm-hmm. in fact, when I was down in Charleston, Colleen, my stepmother, gave me a bunch of baking stuff that she didn't need. But you're still the scale, but, figuring out the you know, difference the between... the teaspoons yeah. and tablespoons. TSP, TBSP. TBD, it's, right? It's, so it's, I might have put two tablespoons of salt in instead of two teaspoons. I think you failed correctly there. Thank you. This is how they invented, this is how they discovered radiation. It's how they discovered <laughs> Reese's Pieces, you know what I mean? <laughs> this is how all great discoveries are made. Uh, but I gotta say, like... But I, I, I went in, to, before I started you know, out of the water, before I did that, I had my dry on there, so I took out as much salt as I could get. <laughs> yes. and I was like, that's close enough. So I think instead of two tablespoons or two teaspoons, I'm just going to do one tablespoon. I think that's fine. That's eyeball it. It's important Kosher. to eyeball yeah. stuff, you know? It really is. I'm getting to that point now where I can. But I have been measuring out with a scale You have flour. to use a scale by weight. You yeah. do have to. And I, I, I just love this. I mean, 
Longtime listeners of the show <laughs> have to know this this culinary journey. Journey, journey that Gavin has been this on, arc. where my food arc. food was absolutely secondary, pure fuel to Gavin, <laughs> pure fuel, it's all it serves. And now he is turning this corner where he's enjoying something when it comes to food. And I can't, <laughs> I cannot recognize, I can't recognize that and celebrate it more than I am right now. It's so much so it be, yeah. that I that I brought Gavin what. Two pounds of pasta to, yeah. to eat with it today, and chicken, which I ate half of, and I'm saving <laughs> the rest of it for the state house debate, so I can at least have something to keep me going. Um, but yeah, me and Oprah, I love bread. She loves bread. That's she get, the she only actually, thing we have in she common. She stole that from you. Yeah. She knows what's wrong. She with knows this what she did. She, she knows, knows what she did. did. She knows what she did. I know she listens. <laughs> <laughs> I was also thinking about how we asked Biden when he was down here vacation if he'd call, and he didn't. When as far as we rude, can tell, yeah, rude. But then, like, Jill, Dr. Jill Biden was, like, you know, still quarantining for a couple days. I'm like, she was that? did she do that on purpose? She's like, you know, yeah, oh, I got COVID. I'm going to have to stay here no. by myself for five more days, she guys. She just found Ocean the podcast. Hill and Head. Dr. Biden, if you're listening, let us know how vacation went, including quarantine. We got to know. 803-567-69. Colin, we'll send you some bread. Every every call gets bread now. Yeah, self addressed stamped envelope. Ever since that boat went down with all of our <laughs> air, air fryers, fryers, we're pivoting to bread. <laughs> Hard pivot. <laughs> anyway, Can't put the bread in the air say fryer. Say goodbye to them, folks. Have a good week, everybody. See you guys, and uh, thanks for listening, especially you, Kevin. Thanks for calling in. Be like Kevin. Call eight zero three five six three seven one six nine and keep the hopper full. Do your duty. It's your civic duty. You're required to by listening to this podcast to call or leave us an iTunes review. Just kidding, but we appreciate it. You can also stay up to date with the latest news on SCETV.org and SouthCarolinaPublicRadio.org. And don't forget to support your local newspapers. For the South Carolina lead, I'm Gavin Jackson. Be well, South Carolina. No, it, that's what it is? That's what we've been talking about? Oh, no. No one told me that that's what we were talking. That's, uh, no. I can put that at the end. <laughs>